in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, that anyone that glories, let him glory in the Lord. Or one, I think, New American Standard says, he who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. So we want to brag about what God is doing, not what David's doing or any individual person's doing, but this is about what God's doing. And so that's what we do. And, and plus in uh, Hebrews, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And so we share with each other what's going on in order to encourage each other and stir each other up to good works. And maybe you'll get jealous about something and want to go do something yourself for the Lord. So uh, in the New Living Translation, it, it says in response to all that he has done for us, let us outdo each other in being helpful and kind to each other and in doing good. So uh, see if we can outdo each other in good works, according to the New Living Translation. So years ago, uh, as I look back and we sang these songs about it's always been God who's been with me and taking care of me and protecting me and watching over me in every situation. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord, the Lord was keeping me and taking care of me. And he had a purpose in mind and he needed me to get to this point. And so he kept me even in those times I was making bad decisions and not walking with him. He, he kept me for all of this. And as I look back, you know, 2020 is supposed to be hindsight. So as we look back and I can see clearly how God's hand was always there keeping me and directing me. And even though I thought I was making decisions, is, is the Lord's doing to, to get me to a certain point. And, and one of those things that happened a few years back is this man on the picture here, his Pastor Jackson over in Uganda. And a few years back, he introduced me to Jackson and, and we've been serving together since and doing things and go out and do ministry at different places. All, we traveled all over Uganda and Rwanda and, and Kenya. And we've been many places over there ministering and, and serving the Lord in that way. And so, but I can see God's hand as I look back, all the different people over the, over the years that he's introduced me to and connected me with and, and just how he's used them in, in my life and how he's used us to minister together. You can look back and see all those connections. And so we've been, we travel a lot of We've tried a lot of miles on the dirt roads of Uganda on motorcycles, 100cc motorcycle, and you'll see these going down the road with five people on them, and and I don't know how they, I don't know how they do it with 100ccs, but, and they should be four-wheel drive, but they're, <laughs> and so a couple of years ago while we was uh, over there in Uganda, and we was staying in the house of Jackson, and I spent two months sleeping in his house and staying there and doing things. And then I was joined in later in February by Steve Runyon and Casey King that year. And as we were there and we could see Jackson is truly called by God to be a pastor in that community. It was very clear because everyone in the village came to him and to his house and they asked for uh, prayer and they asked counseling. And it was just clear that this man was the pastor of this village. And everyone from other churches, Muslims come, ask for prayer. They just, it was a constant stream of people. Each day there was people coming. And so while we were there, someone came and wanted Jackson to buy this five acres of ground in Uganda, there in the, in Israel. At that time it was one village. It was 
one community, and he had five acres of ground he wanted to sell, and he needed to to sell. He had doctor bills, and he he knew he was dying, and he just wanted to presented Jackson with the opportunity to buy this land, and so we prayed about it, all of us, and and we decided it was a good thing to do. The Lord wanted us to, so we bought the land, and we got five acres of ground over there. Now here are my ministries, and. The only way to get there was a path like this. This is the path that went there. The road that went to the property was like this. And so, but as we paid off the land and got it taken care of and got it put transferred into Here are My Ministries, we got the deed for it and everything. Then then the government came in. We thought it was the government came in and put this put the road in to the property. So you could now drive it. You could take in materials. You could take big trucks in there to deliver materials to the to the land. And so... Uh, we were just thankful, but we come to find out later that just down the road, a couple hundred yards or so from our end of our property, there's a witch doctor, uh, and he built a compound down there, and he paid to have the road put in. But we thank the Lord for using the enemy to build the road past our place without any cost to us. So uh, God uses all kinds of things to meet his needs, and so um, we were praying and talking about how to get a church on this property, and, and I wanted the people there involved. And so we were trying to figure out how to get, get the people that would be attending this church to be involved in building this church. And and so uh, I was having communicating with Jackson. Well, can people just, can they donate poles? We'll put up a temporary structure till we got money to build a, a good building and all this. Can they donate? And well, most of the people there and uh, didn't have that any resources. They basically feed themselves day to day. And so they really didn't have resources. They give what they can. They give out of their poverty. They tithe to the church. They do their things, but basically they're living day to day, meal to meal. And so most of the time they don't get three meals a day. They'll just get two if if they're blessed. And so, but anyway, so the Lord blessed us one day with uh, some funds, and as I, I think I shared here one day in, in an August a couple of years ago about what was going on over there, and, and the Lord blessed us with some funds. And this is not a fundraising event. This is just to share what God's doing, and it's not about, uh, and all you that pray and donate are part of this too. And so we just want to uh, share what God is doing and encourage you to do uh, what God has called you to, and if you want to be a part of it, that's great. If God calls you to be a part of it, that's great. But so anyway, as I shared that day, the Lord gave us a, a good amount of funds at the end of that day through, after that. But And so the next day, as I was praying about what to do with the funds, so the next day, uh, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? Then Jackson messages me and says, I think we should just, we're, we men over here are talking it over and think we should go borrow money, uh, uh, put up a building, a permanent building, we have this five acres. We can we can harvest two crops a year off of this land, and then we can use the, those crops to sell and pay pay the debt that we owe. So I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So why don't you let us, now that the Lord has blessed us with this money, why don't you let us finance it? And we'll be your banker, zero interest, and you can put up your building and all that. And the idea at the time, my thinking was that, this land was going to, and this church building would be Jackson's. We'd deed some of this land over to him and let him do his ministry there. But uh, 
God has other plans. And so as we grow and God does things, it's just uh, staying under the ministry of Here Am I Ministries. And so we, we named the fellowship Calvary Christian Fellowship. Of, and, and the other thing that as we started building, uh, they divided the, the village of Israel into two villages. Uh, they decided it was growing too much and it was too big because over there they have village elders that tend to the business of the community as a village. You got a, you got a problem, you go to the village elder, you talk with them, they deal with it or they help you deal with it. And so that's, they decided the place was getting too big for one elder in one village. So they divided the community into two villages. They, they named the village where we are, the property that we own is in the village of Buwimbula, which means opening or unveiling. And so uh, I just think it's neat that God put us in there, give us that land, build a road to the property, and then he named it opening or unveiling. And so as we begin a church in this village that teaches the scriptures, it goes through the Bible and has classes, for, encourages everyone to read on their own, which is a strange thing in Africa. All the places in Africa I've been, most of it is just, uh, there's a, they might speak on one verse for an hour and a half and there'll be a lot of yelling and hallelujahs and emotionalism. But we want a church that's grounded, and so we, we're teaching the Word, and that's our goal. And uh, get the people grounded in their faith, get them familiar with the Lord, let them start building their relationship instead of going through the church and through what's and the emotionalism that's in the church. Because once they leave, then usually they're just going on with life. They're not really, uh, that Christianity doesn't go out from the church with them. That Christianity is mostly just right there in that building or on that compound. And so we're trying to build a congregation, uh, ground the people in their faith, get them familiar with the Word of God, and let them build their relationship with, with God through Jesus on their own. Encourage them to read, to study, and, and to do on their own. And so I just think, to me, it was such a blessing to see that God took us to this point put this church in here, and then he named the village Unveiling so we can minister to unveil the word, open the word of God to people. And so as we got this ground, we now have all these buildings. We went up on the mountain on the hill overlooking, and we took these pictures, and now we have all these, all these buildings up there. And the building on the far right, the white stuff on the roof is a grinding mill that we put in there so we could have a little income for the church, very little, but it will assist them in buying food to feed kids and different things. And so people bring their corn there and, and cassava, and they, we have a, a mill in there that grinds it into flour. Then they take their, they pay their little fee and take their flour home for the week or whatever. And so that that building's there, and the building to the right is the church, and then the small there's a small little building in the background that's a we just put up for a storage building. I was trying to buy a shipping container, but I ended up putting this building up for less money than I could buy a shipping container. So uh, we put a little building there for storage and stuff, and then the the long building in the foreground there is a, a building we just put up, which we went there with the intention of doing as a children's ministry building because they have more than 100 kids coming to church and, and they get a little noisy in a room a uh, third of this size maybe. So you got 
40 adults and 150 kids, and the kids get a little noisy. So we wanted to put up this children's ministry building. But the vision has grown into it being a primary school, and when it's not in use in months that school's not in, we'll use it for uh, pastoral ministry. We'll have pastors come in and have uh, conferences and sessions with pastors to ground them in the Word and get them better uh, serving the Lord. And so it'll be a multi-purpose building. It can be used all all year long, basically. And so uh, we put this building up, and the vision has grown into it being a, a school, nursery, be a, be a preschool through about fourth grade right now in one building. And so uh, we got that building up. And that is, and that is a stand up here on this hill and uh, on these rocks, and I overlook that, and I can see... I can I can just honestly say before you and before the Lord that I didn't plan any of that. <laughs> God brought all that to us and said, here, do this. And so as we walk with the Lord and we seek what he wants to do, and he just, he leads the way, and he takes us where he wants us, and he provides the means to do it, and he just, and he keeps going. I have no five-year plan and Anything like that, I'm just kind of walking the walk where the path that the Lord takes us. Listen for that voice in the head, that still small voice saying, this is the way, walking it. So, you know, when we first bought the property, we we had a well dug on the property. It's 50 foot deep. And when it started, it was a, you had a rope and a bucket, you know, and you're pulling water up 50 foot. And that got a little difficult. And so they put this winch in over it, and that was still a little tough, dragging five-gallon water up out of the well, 50 foot. So while we were there, and plus the winch got broke and destroyed, and they were back to pulling by a rope, and it's just hard on your shoulders. So while we were there, we, we got this pump guy. That's his job. He puts in pumps. So we had a pump put in it, so now we got water. Everybody can get water easy. Uh, it's used by the neighborhood. It's not just a well for the church. It's for anybody in the neighborhood that needs water, can come and get water. So this is Joseph. He's the contractor we hired to build the building. Uh, so he was overseeing his crew while he was there. And then things don't quite go the don't go the same as they do here. I can't, we don't call up somebody and order concrete. We don't uh, go to the lumber yard and call Bearcat Lumber and say, bring us our building package. We're ready for it. But so we have sand hauled in and these guys mix the sand and open bags of cement and mix it all together. And then they get the water in buckets and carry it over. And and then when the foundation was in and we need to fill the foundation into level for the concrete, then you grab your wheelbarrow and your shovels, and that's the way you start doing it. And so, uh, and that's just progress as the building going up. We got a five-room building, each room being 20 by 24. So we'll have five classrooms available. Uh, and then a, like a little walkway on the front of it, an open walkway with a roof over it. And then they'd get in the roof on and 
So this went up in about four weeks, actually, because the first week there we didn't do much. We got we had to get materials and all that stuff. So about four weeks they put this up, and they finally got the roof on. And uh, eventually we wanted to be two buildings. There'll be another building just like it, opposite it. And we'll have this someday, this commons area in the middle, and someday we hope to get a roof over that. That's our dream, our vision. And so a lot of a lot of praying and a lot of things need to happen, but God is able to accomplish all of that. And so we felt like while we were there that the Lord was saying, go ahead and do get ready for the next one. And so we put the foundation in the forefront of the picture as a foundation for another building. Uh, it's already in the ground, ready to go as the Lord provides for us and directs us. And so, like I say, you don't just call Bearcat Lumber or Home Depot or some supplier and say, bring me the chalkboards or bring me the roof or whatever. And uh, so to get chalkboards on the wall, this guy mixes plaster, cement, and uh, puts it on the wall. And so that's what it looks like when he's done. It looks like a chalkboard. Works like a chalkboard. <laughs> so if you need more lumber while you're building, you have to go into town and and the lumber yard is there's a sawmill under that under that roof, and out behind that is tree trunks laying. And so they ask you what kind of tree you want or what kind of lumber and what you're gonna do with it and how big you want it, and so they run it through the sawmill, cut up your boards while you're standing there waiting, and and that's that's the lumber yard. So all the lumber's green. Uh, wet and heavy. So uh, that's the way you get your lumber. If you need supplies at the market, you have to go to the market and you have to uh, walk through and pick out what you want and what you need and you haggle, do your haggling and everything. And so that's the market. And if you're looking for, if you're looking for a shirt, there'll be 10 people there selling clothes all next to each other, just one after the other. And so uh, as you're talking to this one and looking for something, this guy next door, he's he's hollering at you, hey, come over here. Uh, we we can do better. We have better stuff. So uh, that's the market. And then while we were doing this building process, we were also holding a conference as a church, a week-long conference, uh, uh, you know, uh, standing up in a fallen world, trying to get Christians grounded in their faith and in the Word. And... Uh, Telling them, trying to encourage them in, in reading the word, understanding the word, and understanding how the Lord wants you, us to behave uh, in the world. Uh, that we are the body of Christ. We are the ones sharing God's love with people and, and to get them grounded in that and helping them to understand those things. And so uh, we, were, we spent a week, uh, five days teaching, going through that, but we decided this table wasn't much good, so we decided we'd build a pulpit while we were there. Uh, oop, back up. And this is this man is Amisi, Amisi Etiang, and uh, he's an artist. He's a former Muslim, and he uh, was trained in martial arts to uh, come against Christians and to challenge them and to stand against him and when he came to the lord he was also they were they were beginning to train him in explosives 
And so, but then he got saved and came to the Lord. And the explosives for the same purpose, to, to come against Christians. And he was a good Muslim. He, he married a Christian woman like they're taught to do. You have kids. Uh, you refuse to let the wife train them up in the Lord. You, you make them, you force them into Muslim schools. You train them up in the Muslim ways. And so uh, that's, what, that's what they're told to do, trained to do, and encouraged to do uh, as a Muslim. Uh, you stop the, stop the propagation of Christianity through marrying a Christian woman. And if she can't raise her kids up in the ways of the Lord and you're training them to be a Muslim, then you're stopping us from doing our, what we're called to do. And so that's what they do. But he's the artist who put the lettering and everything on the pulpit. He's a good friend now. He serves the Lord. He, he ministers to other Muslims and, and witnesses to him. And uh, he's a good brother in the Lord. And so here, just more teaching at the church with an interpreter. So if you got an hour-long teaching, then you got somebody interpreting, so you're going to go on for a couple hours, stand there for an hour and a half or so. So we had good crowds. Uh, it grew each day. Probably by the end of the week, 150 children were there, as well as uh, I think there was 120 uh, adults on Friday, uh, so they're 120 something. Uh, so on Thursday and Friday, we gave out Bibles to people who needed Bibles, and and uh, that's another thing we we do: try to put Bibles, put the Word of God in the hands of the people, so they can read it for themselves, and and ask the Holy Spirit to teach them. So, and then. Uh, this cook, well, not Steve. Steve's the cook there. But this cook was, they fed the workers. So during the day, they would give them breakfast in the morning, and then they would, and this was the kitchen for serving the workers. Steve had to go out and help. I, I'm pretty sure he cooked up something good, didn't he? <laughs> and then we got to enjoy chicken feet. If you haven't had chicken feet, try it sometime. Some fellowship and together with the brothers in Christ and uh, some goofy people. So uh, the guy, in, the guy in the back there is Juma, and he's a an assistant to Jackson, and he's a uh, Juma's a Muslim name, so he came from a Muslim background, maybe his family or something. But he's a good, he loves the Lord. This guy's always smiling. No matter what you ask him to do, he's smiling and, and doing it with a smile. And so he's a good young man, and he's a teacher. He's a, got a teaching certificate, so he could be a teacher at the school. So here are my ministries, Uganda. We, under us is Calvin Christian Fellowship, and soon to be here my nursery and primary school in Buimbala, which means opening and unveiling. So we want to... We see the school as an opportunity to reach children uh, for Christ, as well as educate them and get them able to stand on their own in the world. And so uh, we, we believe the Lord's going to grow this thing and someday be a high school to go with it. And my prayer is for one day that we can start a, a, a Votech school where we can train them in jobs uh, in Motorcycle mechanic is a big need over there. That'd be a good, 
uh, opportunity for em employment over there. It'd be a good business to operate. And if we got somebody that can uh, agriculture, we get somebody that can train them how to plant better. Not it's pretty random over there. The, there's not much education in farming. It's just kind of a uh, do what you know, and and not much education. So if we get somebody to train in in agriculture and and woodworking, uh, you know, we can train up some carpenters and builders. And so that's a prayer of ours. Is that? But it, it, you look at all this, and I, as I said, I can, you can see all this happening, and I can say I never, I I didn't plan any of that. God has just led us along the way and provided as He He sees fit and directed us to do. And so the church is growing. And as we were there, just down the road, across the road, and just down a few hundred feet was a, was a house that they were, they had put up a tent, and they were going through some some uh, rituals. Uh, the witch doctor, this guy, person in this house wanted to become a witch doctor, and so the, the other witch doctor was there, and they were doing all their sacrifices and rituals and and whatever they were doing. So each day as we'd walk by, I'd, I'd just pray silently as we walked by and stuff. But Jackson messaged me last week. He said that man's five-year-old son died. And so they called Jackson and asked him to do the funeral for this five-year-old. And so he got the opportunity to share the gospel with all those people that were uh, wanting to be a witch doctor and dealing with the occult. And so uh, as a great opportunity for him to share. And... Uh, also know the he messaged me a couple weeks ago, Sundays ago, and uh, there's a witch doctor on the other side of town that has like five wives, and one of those wives has come to the Lord, and her and her children come to church here, and so um, it it made the witch doctor mad. And first he tried beating them, and well they keep coming to church even though he beats them, and so. Uh, then he called the village elders, and he complained to the village elders that they needed to go to Jackson and, and tell him to tell his wife to quit coming to church. Well, the pastor's not going to tell the wife to quit coming to church. And so uh, so the, two weeks ago, he said the wife and the children were in church and sitting there, and the witch doctor was standing outside, uh, probably in hopes of trying to intimidate the wife and the children, but within earshot where he got to listen to the word of God being preached. So we get these opportunities and uh, it's not always the guy didn't come to the Lord yet, but we're still praying for him. So uh, we're making, God is using us to make an impact in this community. There's a lot of occult activity, a lot of witch doctor activity, and even Christians that are weak Christians, new Christians maybe, and they don't understand it all, that if they come to you for prayer and we pray for them and they don't get healed, well, maybe after a couple days and they're not healed, they'll go at night to the witch doctor and ask him to pray for them. So um, trying to just get them grounded in their faith where they know and understand that they have to leave those things behind and trust the Lord. Uh, we're not always healed immediately. I had my battle. <laughs> so when I got back, and it's been quite a battle, but God is faithful. I'm able to stand here today. But these, these 
and that's not, this hasn't just been a physical infirmity. This has been a lot of stuff going on in my life and with me that the Lord has shown me that this is a spiritual battle going on as well. It's not just a physical battle. And so we just pray that the Lord have his way and come out. So as we're doing this and this building project's going on and I'm posting pictures from Uganda, then there's this, this, uh, this is Derek Powell and Amanda Powell and their two children, Addie and Matthew. And so we're building this building and, and Amanda sends me a message and says, I got to, I need to know how much school fees I'll be. I got to, my daughter wants to get involved and be a part of this project. She wants to raise school fees for 100 kids. And so uh, how can we do this? How much do we need to raise and all, all this stuff? How much will school fees be and all this? So she wants all this information. And so Addie, 11-year-old, is at the last I knew raised $650 for school fees for kids. And she has the hopes of going over and being there someday. So, and her parents are praying about it. So, <clears throat> she wants to go over there and be a teacher at the school. So, if the Lord puts it on anybody's heart, Ten dollars a month to pay for school fees. We kept it at a bare minimum the last weekend, so it will be the cheapest school in Uganda, uh, just because of the poverty in the area and the people being able to pay. Being able to pay, we want them involved. We want them to pay as much as they can, and so. But we will have kids that won't be able to pay, and so we will raise money for that. Uh, and we have notified other churches. In the area, if you have an orphan in your uh, village or in your congregation or something that you know of, somebody needs help, you take, you bring that orphan here and we'll educate him and, and that church can sponsor that child. And so we've made that known and available. So $120 a year, I think about how many times I stop at Casey's and pay for a bottle of water or something like that. I used to stop at Casey's at least four mornings every week on the way to work. I'd get a sandwich and a chocolate milk, and that'd be five bucks, $4.94. And so you do that four times a week, you've spent 20 bucks. Uh, you do that 10 times, 10 weeks, you've spent $120. And so you've paid for, that would pay for a kid's year of school. And so pretty Pretty easy. Kind of hard to give up that morning sandwich, but pretty easy, actually. And so, now my prayer and my thought is that if we can get the teachers paid where they don't have to worry if the kids are paying their dues or not or their school fees, if we can raise the money to pay the teachers, the teachers can not worry about whether they're going to get paid this month. Will my salary be full or is my salary going to be short? If we can sponsor the teachers and get good teachers and have the Lord provide them, and we can provide for them. They can just stay there and teach and focus on what they're called to do, focus on their ministry and their teaching responsibilities, and not have to worry about if I'm going to get paid, am I going to have something to eat this week or next week or not. And so that's my prayer is that 
we'll be able to do that. Sponsor the teachers so they can do it without worry. And uh, teacher gets $65 a month. It's $1,000 a year. And uh, I, if you think about that, $1,000 a year for your wages, your year's wages, and uh, how that is. And so, once again, we share these things to encourage one another. And, you know, some of us are called to go and serve in Uganda, and some of us are called to serve other places. Uh, not everyone goes, though. Many of us, most of us, are called to serve at home. And that means you serve your wife, you serve your husband, you serve your children, you train up your children the way they should go, and uh, you minister to the people you meet on the street, people you meet at work. That's what we're called to do, to be the love of Christ, to be the body of Christ, to the people we encounter each day, wherever we are. God has called you to and put you somewhere, I don't know where, but you encounter people each day. Maybe many of them need the love of Christ. And you know the hardest place is often at home. <laughs> uh, the people that know you. And so, and then you, then you get into work and the people get to know you there. But still, we're called to minister to those people to share the love of Christ with them wherever we are. And so I just... Uh, God gives me the opportunity to go and sends me here and, and has me doing this and, and has given me the, the ability to do it. Not everybody could go uh, and in some places and eating some things. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to enjoy the chicken feet. <laughs> I passed on that. But, but I've had things in other places and, and not everyone can do that. But God has given me the ability to be able to go and do that. And uh, I'm thankful. It's a blessing in my life to be able to see what he's doing there and to be a part of what he's doing. And I take credit for none of it. But I ask for your prayers, especially your prayers. And any of you that pray for us are part of it. So you're, you're counted in. God's, God's accounting is much better than my accounting. And so he knows who prays and he knows who he calls to give, and so if he calls you to give, give. If he doesn't tell you to, then then do whatever he calls you to. So uh, continue to pray for us, and uh, we'll continue serving the Lord in that area. We'll continue praying for him to, to give us all the gifts we need to minister there and all the resources we need to get it done. And we know that if he's called us to do it, he's not going to... Leave it short. He's going to take us through it. He calls you to it. He'll take you through it. And so just ask for your continued prayers. Remember, there's a baptism afterwards. And where's JC? And uh, the other thing's going on. And there'll be somebody here to pray with you if you need prayer today. And please keep this ministry in your prayers. This is part of, I mean, it's not part of Calvary Chapel. But it's part of Calvary Chapel. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pastor here, missions pastor here, and God's called me to do this ministry. And so uh, if you don't know the Lord today, come up and somebody will pray with you. Uh, begin your journey now. So thank you for your time. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you.
for this time. And I pray, Lord, that you, were, you will use it to, to honor and glorify yourself, Lord. Let people know you. And, Lord, it's about you and what you want to do in our lives and through our lives. So, Lord, we just give this time to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.